2: Good evening and Happy New Year. Welcome to the first day of 2022. What a blessing. What a wild ride these last couple of years have been. And we are hoping and praying for peace, love, and prosperity in 2022. And we're going to start the show off in exactly that vein because we are honored, pleased, and blessed to have a very special guest with us tonight. Larry, who do we have on the line?
3: Sure, Wendy. Called the best preacher in the family by her late father, Billy Graham, Anne Graham Lotz speaks around the globe with the wisdom and authority of years spent studying God's Word. The New York Times named Anne one of the five most influential evangelists of her generation. Her Just Give Me Jesus revivals have been held in more than 30 cities in 12 different countries to hundreds of thousands of attendees. Anne is a best-selling and award-winning author of 20 books. Her latest releases are Jesus in Me and Jesus Followers. She is the president of Angel Ministries in Raleigh, North Carolina, and previously served as chairman of the National Day of Prayer Task Force. Whether a delegate to Davos Economic Forum, a commentator to the Washington Post, or a groundbreaking speaker on platforms throughout the world, Ann's aim is clear, to bring revival to the hearts of God's people, and her message is consistent, calling people into a personal relationship with God through his word And thank you so much for being with us on this first day of the new year.
4: Mary, thank you so much. And Dr. Wendy, Happy New Year to you.
2: (laughs) And before we get into the very special message I know that you have for our listeners today, I have to ask, what was it like growing up in the Graham household and having literally the most famous Christian evangelist in the world as your father?
4: You know, it's so special, Dr. Wendy, because I wasn't aware of that when I was growing up. <laughs> my mother kept us very um secluded and isolated from all of that kind of publicity. So uh, mm. Billy Graham to me was just my daddy, you know, and but I'll I'll be honest with you that it's estimated he was gone sixty percent of my growing up years. So I was raised pretty much by a single parent and grandparents and I say that just to encourage people who are in that um uh, situation. I know I believe God intended every child to have a mother and a father and to be raised by that partnership. But um, in my case, I had a mother and father, but the father was absentee. But uh, there's a wonderful verse in Psalm 27 that says, "When your mother and father forsake you, then the Lord will take you up." And I believe oh, the Lord didn't forsake me, but He took me up, and I have a relationship with God that I, I don't believe I would have had had my father been there, um, you know, nine to five every day. So um,
2: I have never heard heard that type of an analysis before. I love that, and so many people can relate to exactly that. Thank you for sharing that, Anne
4: yes, yes, well God. God has undertaken for me, and I have a Heavenly Father and Abba that uh, I know and love, and I also had an earthly Father that I adored, so um, God has blessed me, yes. (laughs)
3: Fantastic. And I was on a World Prayer Network call recently where you were the featured guest. Among the many wonderful words of encouragement you spoke that evening, you talked about an event that happened in your life that led you to develop an alphabet of God's promises to those who trust in Him. If you don't mind, could you please share this alphabet of God's promises with our listeners and tell us the story that led you to create it?
4: please. Yes, you know, I'd I'd love to, Larry. I never get tired of it, because it was years ago, um, and my children had gotten out of school. They were all in public school, and I took them downtown to get a a hamburger, actually, at a fast place, and came home, and our front door was broken down, and everything of value in my home was taken. Um, Jewelry, silver, things that my grandmother had left me. I mean, they took pieces of furniture, and when I crawled in bed that night, um, the thieves had folded back my bed. They had taken the pillowcases off my pillows in which to put my things they took away. And when I crawled in bed, I, I felt like I was going into shock. I started getting cold and stiff um, because I thought, what do I have that people can't take from me? I can lose my health through you know, disease. I can lose my husband through death. I could lose my children when they grow up and move off. I could, you know, you just start ticking off. There's nothing I have that I can't lose or can't be taken from me. And then it's like the light bulbs come came on because I've been studying Ephesians, and Ephesians tells us that we're blessed uh, with every heavenly blessing, every blessing in heavenly places, and so I just began to count my blessings, and, um, and there were so many, I put them to the alphabet, and I went to sleep. Counting my blessings when I woke up in the morning I had peace and um so I'll give you the alphabetized list because and it comes from God's word. Uh sometimes I forget the alphabet, but I'll try not to forget the blessings. But <laughs> A we're accepted by God. When we're in Christ, you're you're as accepted by God as Jesus is. Um B you're blessed and you're beloved of God. C you're chosen by God. Um D you're delivered from an empty way of life and from darkness. Um uh, E you're enlightened to understand the of God, not everything, but we know enough to know that, um, you know, we have a Savior, we have a Father that loves us, and we're going home one day. And uh, you know, G, we have his grace, his undeserved favor. H, we have a heavenly home waiting for us. And as this world just disintegrates uh, increasingly, I'm just looking forward to going home. And I've got so many loved ones now who are gone ahead of me, but I can't wait to see their faces. Um, and uh, after H comes I, we have an inheritance in the saints, the family of God uh, is being reserved for us. Peter says that it's being reserved, saved, set apart for me where moths and rust can't destroy and thieves can't break in and steal so I have a heavenly inheritance waiting for me J I'm justified just as if I'd never sinned. K I have knowledge of God. Um, L I have his love. M his mercy, N his nearness. O, I made one with him. P I have his peace. In my heart while well, the world is just so terrified and we cover our faces with masks. I'm I'm not afraid. And I, I have absolute peace. I have his power to live life in a triumphant way. Uh, Q, I'm quickened by the Holy Spirit in the new life. R, I've been redeemed. S, I'm sealed by the Spirit of God as an authentic believer. T, I'm His treasure. Um, U, I'm united with other believers in the body of Christ. V, I'm validated as being authentic by that seal of the Holy Spirit. I also have His victory. W, I have His wisdom. X, Y, Z, one day I'm going to be exalted to live with Him in heavenly places. So, <laughs> And if I left out a letter of the alphabet, you'll have to remind me But because sometimes I get confused, but they're just, you know, you can make up your own list. So just take the alphabet and I did this with the names of Jesus when I was traveling from here to when I did chemo after my cancer surgery, and Mm -hmm. uh, my children would go with me, and it's about a 30-minute drive uh, to where I had the chemo, and we would use the alphabet and just recite the names of Jesus. So every letter of the alphabet, we had a name for Jesus, and then also to to count our blessings, and it's amazing, Dr. Wendy and Larry, when you do that, when you're faced with um, darkness, oppression, persecution, hardship, suffering, when you focus on your blessings, Blessings. it changes your perspective and um and it's amazing how the light comes on you know so so God did that for me that night when I was so terrified um of uh, just what the thieves had done, and I was afraid they would come back and just wondering what I would lose, and then as God reminded me of the things that um, moth and rust can't steal and and thieves can't break in and steal so as a child of god we are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places praise god <laughs> praise the lord new you hear yes yeah, thank praise god because we look into this year coming and you know I, I believe it may get worse in many ways and um but the blessings of god never fail and god never fails
2: Well, the one thing that I've always found very inspirational about you, as I shared with you before the show, is your belief that Jesus is coming sooner rather than later. (laughs) I will sum it up that way. And it's interesting that you share this because you have such a, knowledge of scripture. I mean, that's the thing. In order for these verses to come to mind, you have to know what the verses say and the good Lord's able to remind you of them. But I would love to hear a little bit more about um, that view. I heard you say it, at least personally for the first time, pre-pandemic. So I was wondering how the last couple of years um, have impacted your vision, your belief that uh, perhaps the Lord is coming sooner than we think he is.
4: Well, you know, and i base that conviction, Dr. Wendy, on what he said, what Jesus said in Matthew 24. Mm. And he gave us signs, and so we're not to know the day or the hour, but he gave us signs because we can know the generation. You know, he didn't give us those signs so that we just brush them under the rug and say, Well nobody can know but because he gave a sign so that we could know. And so there are two signs in particular. One I believe is that parable about the fig tree when um he says that when when it puts forth buds and begins to blossom again after being dormant that 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 will signal the end of the age. And Israel was always represented by a fig tree in Scripture, and so Israel, after 2,000 years of being basically dormant in 1948, May 14, 1948, she put forth buds again, and she was reestablished in the family of nations, and, and that was that's a phenomena. That's, n- nothing like that has ever happened before, where an ancient, the descendants of an ancient people have gone back to their ancient homeland, spoken their ancient languages, their ancient currency. You know, that's... um. It, it, that's incredible, and and for me, uh, and Jesus said the generation that sees that will be the last. And I was born May 21st, 1948. So one week later, exactly to the day, is when I was wow. born. And I believe it's my generation. You know that I will, if I live out my normal lifetime, I will live to see the return of Jesus at the rapture. And then the other promise He gave in verse 14 of Matthew 24 is when the gospel is preached to the whole world, then the end will come. And the gospel right now is being preached to the whole world. So so through a live presentation, through your first language, second language, third language, through printed material, through the Internet, through ham radio, you know, through through traveling missionaries, it doesn't mean that everybody in the world has heard it. But the gospel right now is being preached in the whole world. And Jesus said, "Then the end will come." So I believe we're living in then, and I think what we're seeing in our world is a setup for the Antichrist and uh, the tribulation that's going to come. And um, so it's a very serious strategic time that God has entrusted you and me to live in. and And I believe this is a time to share the gospel to tell people that there is a God. who who loves them so much he sent his son to die on the cross to make atonement for their sin. If they would place their faith in him, they would not perish. They would not go to hell, but they would have everlasting life. And and it's up to us to tell the world that there is a God who loves them, and he's provided the Savior and a heavenly home if they would put their faith in him. Amen.
3: Well, that, that is just fantastic. And um You know, you've written a new book, Jesus Followers, Real Life Lessons for Igniting Faith in the Next Generation. And it was to encourage people to live out and walk with God in a manner that motivates their children and grandchildren to follow their faith. Uh, Could you tell us just really briefly about that? It does seem like it's so important to pass our faith on to our kids and our grandkids.
4: You know, I wrote that book with my daughter, Rachel Ruth, and uh we were both very concerned about the next generation because uh they're floundering they don't know they don't know the truth, they don't know who Jesus is, they don't know there is a God who loves them, and they're living um according to their own wits their logic their are scared suicide is the number one killer of young people. Right now, it's, um, you know, we're losing that next generation, and I think one reason is because, uh, and I won't just point my finger at the Church and say the Church has been more interested, possibly, in being popular and... Um, you know, drawing people in and increasing numbers, and it has been in standing on the truth and getting people into God's Word and on their knees in prayer, and, and I think that's true in the home. In the home, we want our children to be popular and accepted and with compromise, and our children don't see us living in authentic faith, and so, so they don't. So um, my family is not perfect, and I'm here to tell you, Dr. Wendy, <laughs> we have lots of flaws and lots of Made lots of mistakes, um, but we are authentic jesus followers and mm. uh, and our children have seen that and I have three grandchildren and they've seen that and received it and so I have one granddaughter right now who 's struggling um she she 's been saved that 's for sure, but she 's just under the pressure of the world to to live um you know in a in a lifestyle that 's not uh, the way she was raised, so it's so a prodigal, you know. And I know there are many parents out there who have prodigals. My my mother and daddy had two. Both of my brothers were prodigals, and but they've both come home and they've, you know, serving the Lord in a wonderful way. But but I believe my my parents, my they their faith to my parents, my parents to, to my generation, my generation to our children, and then to our grandchildren, and it's not uh, an accident, you know, to great intentionality. So we've written this book, it's based on uh, Genesis 5, the genealogy, and I just pull out four men that passed the truth uh, from generation to generation in a culture that was provoking the judgment of God. So he, he, that generation, the, the ten men ended in the flood, Noah was the tenth man. But they passed the truth on, and if they hadn't, God would have destroyed the whole world, including noah, and we wouldn't be here and so it's like a relay race you know where you pass the baton from from one runner to the next um until the race is won and and I feel like we're dropping the baton of truth we're we're bobbling it, we're not passing it to the next generation, and it's up to us they the next generation has to receive it, but it's our responsibility to pass it so So I wrote sort of the scripture basis, and then my daughter, Rachel Ruth, filled in the stories. So each segment in the book uh, on witnessing and worshiping and walking and working, then she illustrates with seven stories in each section based on our family. And some of them will make you cry, some of them will make you laugh, um, but they all make a point. And the idea is that we can't you know, we're never going to pass that truth on to the next generation if we ourselves haven't grasped the time, if we're not living it out inside and outside of our homes. Uh, We have to be authentic Jesus followers ourselves before we can uh, expect our children to be that
2: too. Amen. And that is a wonderful way to end the segment and begin the new year. And we want to thank you so much for joining us today. It has just been a blessing to have you speaking with us. Thank you so much. It's a privilege. Thank you so much. And God bless you. And maybe this year I'll
4: see you in Jerusalem with the Lord Jesus himself in charge.
2: (laughs) Amen. Thank you. God bless you. Okay. God God bless you. We're going to take a short break, but we have much more in store for you on this New Year's Day, Dr. Wendy edition. So lock us in. We'll be back in a flash.
1: News cycle lowlights have no place here. You're listening to the headline highlights on Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. It's time for more news you can use. The headlines streamline. It's time for more Today with Dr. Wendy. Now, here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick.
2: Welcome back to Today with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick and my co-host Larry Dersham and I, uh, we share with each other uh, at the beginning of each year what our New Year's resolutions are going to be for the year. And we try not to make them the same every year and we keep them for a week. And I know lots of people do that. Um, But I understand that, Larry, this year, you are not only going to try to eat more pizza and visit more buffets now that the buffets are open again, um, but you're also going to buy yourself a Lazy Boy chair so you can spend more time sitting and relaxing. Is that right?
3: Right. Well, I was kind of joking about the chair part, but after this show, <laughs> this is the truth. I, am, I have marching orders to get two pizzas. So we are going to have pizza today, of all things.
2: Oh, um, my goodness. Uh, Maybe I'll swing by later to get a bite. Yeah.
3: and uh, But it's interesting. There, there's some really interesting customs that other countries practice um, on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. And I just thought the people might want to hear about them, some of them anyhow. Uh, In Germany, there's certain parts of Germany where they practice something called Bligesen. And what they do is they pour lead, a dollop of lead, and they pour it into cold water. And whatever shape the lead forms, that's what is going to come your way in the new year. So if it's in the shape, once they pour it in the cold water, if it turns into a shape of a heart, that obviously means love. Is going to come your way. If it's a crown, it means wealth and prosperity. If it's a ball or a star shape, it means happiness and so forth. It just goes on like that. It just, I thought that was really fun.
2: Larry, that sounds like a Rorschach test. You see what you want to see, you drop that lead in, and then you think you see what might be behoove you the best in the future, right? I mean, it doesn't really turn into anything in particular with any certainty, does it? Well, I,
3: it, it may not. I've never tried it. That would be fun to, to try because probably as soon as you put that that uh, melted lead in there, it would you know freeze immediately into a shape of some sort. But yeah, you, you're right. It might be a good psychology test. Well, okay,
2: what else you got? Yeah,
3: there's one in Ireland uh, called the open door. So at midnight, which would be that last night, right? That, last night was New Year's Eve. This is New Year's Day. They have, they open the door, they open the front door, and then also they open the back door at midnight. And you open the front door first um, to, uh, to, to uh, uh, let the new year in, and the, the back door to let the, the, the old year out. And the funny thing about it is, is everybody's opening the doors at the same time, so you can say hi to your neighbor. I guess if if you live close to them, I'd never heard of that. But that's kind of a cool custom, I guess, as long as it's not raining or too cold.
2: Okay. The only thing I thought of, Larry, as a prosecutor, is burglars hiding in the bushes, waiting for those doors to fly open at midnight. But now that you mention everybody's door opens, it's kind of a neighborhood watch effect. So uh, I guess maybe that that would work. Okay. That's really interesting.
3: Uh, yeah, there's a, there's another one in Italy. It's it's called a kissing fest. And in Venice, Italy, no. they, they share kisses on <laughs> New Year's Eve at the Piazza San Marco. It's a tradition. Well, in 2008, okay, that's going back a long, oh, quite a while. In 2008, Venice hosted over 60,000 people in Piazza San Marco for the world's largest kiss-in. The event included concerts, fireworks, and even lessons on how to achieve the perfect kiss. <laughs> oh no. Now that wouldn't work in today's world, would it with the mask on? Wouldn't work. You
2: really found some provocative traditions. <laughs> I wanna know how you did this research. I thought you were gonna come up with like, you know, a special kind of gym or exercise routine. Okay, Larry. I'm going to ask you if you have any more. But you know, the way we're doing it here, uh, the way most people make resolutions, is they they either resolve not to do something or to do something more frequently. We all know about eating healthy, going to the gym. But it's interesting that many people resolve to watch less television do less social media, but one of the things that many people I know do every year is resolve not to do things like gossip, or talk about people behind their backs, or to be negative, or to complain. You know, there are so many great talk about and quoting scripture, so many great scripture verses about the way we're supposed to be living and looking at the good, being edifying, encouraging each other, lifting each other up. Um, Did you find any traditions from around the world that actually have that sort of positive spin? There probably are a lot.
3: Well, there's one in uh, Japan, it's, a, it's called the 108 Rings. And what they do is they, they ring the bell 170 times, and it's called joya no Kane. And basically, by ringing it at that time, it, it takes all the impurities and the sins from the previous year out. And then they ring it one more time because they say the 108th ring, according to the Buddhist and Japanese traditions, there are 108 evil passions that all human beings possess. And by doing that, it kind of... Takes away all that bad stuff.
2: I'll tell you what, it makes me happy to be a Christian knowing that we don't have to have a bell ringing next to us for over a 100 times, but that the good Lord died once on the cross. And <laughs> Amen, Wendy. Sins. Preach, Amen. It. preach it, preach Wow, <laughs> wow. Okay, so I think we have a little better than that. Um, one of the things I want to leave everyone with when we talk about New Year's resolutions and all the rest of this is, you know, we're all kind of in this together. We're starting 2022 um together we are united we are more invested in each other than ever before because we've missed each other that's my bonding power of social distancing speech um and we really are relishing the opportunity to be spending more time together so it's just such a blessing and i'm so optimistic about 2022 and it's even a blessing that we have a show today where we're actually able to sort of move forward together Um, and bless everyone else so I want to thank our listeners for joining us today and spending a little bit of New Year's Day with us we are looking forward to next week we're going to be talking about some crazy new laws next week because here in California New Year's always come with literally hundreds of new laws rules and regulations but for today please enjoy fun food family and fellowship you are listening to today with Dr. Wendy headlines with a silver lining God bless you we will see you next week